Coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, the Model X celebrates its first birthday. Tesla may be primed to have its best quarter ever. Someone makes a Tesla hearse. The P100D joins an exclusive club and more. Welcome to Ride the Lightning. It is the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, episode number 61 for October 2nd, 2016. My name is Ryan McCaffrey. Thanks as always for joining me or welcome if you're joining for the first time. Uh, it is the one year anniversary of the Model X on a, if you get want to get real, real technical because the Model X launch event was on September 30th, 2015. Uh, I was lucky enough to be there, and uh, of course, that is a technicality because, of course, it took a number of months for any sort of actual uh, public customers to start getting theirs. Those first handful were all Founders series that went to, you know, VIPs, let's say, that had some sort of connection to the company, either, you know, a big investor or, or what have you. Uh, there were, what, I think it was five cars delivered that night, officially delivered, those first uh, Founder Series cars, but yeah, it's uh, it's officially one year old, the Model X. The Now, the highest VIN number I've seen from looking at the September deliveries thread on Tesla Motors Club forums is around 15,000 or so. So, you know, that's a rough approximation of about how many that Tesla has made and shipped in the car's first year, and that's pretty good. I mean, 15,000 in the first year, especially, I mean, think back, not too long ago at all. Remember how frustrated uh, a lot of customers were about the fact that uh, the production ramp was so slow on the Model X. People were having a hard time getting their cars. People who'd had their reservation for three and, and even four years. So 15,000 cars approximately. Of course, that's worldwide. That's not, not just the U.S. But nevertheless, that's a, that's a pretty good accomplishment. Again, considering, too, the complexity of the Model X. Now that doesn't excuse the uh, the troubles that Model X has had. There have been, you know, uh, a, a fair number of of issues that people have had. Some some early door issues with, you know, the sensors and what have you. But they, you know, Tesla seems to be hitting their stride with the X. And I mean, in the first year too, they've already made the thing faster. <laughs> that seems to be the Tesla mo. It's like, well, it won't take long, and then we'll make it faster. We launched it, and within within a year, less than a year later, they had made the thing even quicker. You know, with the P100D, ludicrous, bringing the maximum, uh, rather the the sort of you know the maximum uh, acceleration for the X was 3.2 seconds on the P90D when the car launched, and it's now 2.9 seconds for a 5,500 pound. SUV, which is pretty crazy. I've been seeing a ton of Model Xs lately. They, they're, uh, you know, my anecdotal evidence here in the San Francisco area suggests that they have very much hit their production stride. Uh, I saw th on my way home from work yesterday, just going down a street in San Francisco to get to the freeway, there were three in 30, literally, literally 30 seconds. I was like, oh, there's a white one. No, there's a blue one. Oh, and there's another white one. It was just crazy. Uh, there was, in fact, there was one driving through my neighborhood, a blue one, 
today, although it had, it had a bumper sticker on it. Take a beautiful hundred plus thousand dollar uh, SUV and you put a you put a big bumper sticker on it and and the the thing that even annoyed me more as you can see I guess you can tell I'm I'm not a big fan of bumper stickers. The bumper sticker was for a politician who, based on the judging from the license plate being very new, the 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 candidate that they were for it had nothing to do with the candidate, but except for the fact that that candidate was already out of the race, like had to already be out of the race by the time you got the car, which just seems odd to me. I, mean, I guess this person must have just been a big fan of this particular candidate, but I was a. Uh, that I, I cringed a little. I was like, oh, I felt bad for the car. Like, oh, oh, that poor car. It's got this bumper sticker affixed to it now. But uh, yeah, lots of X's making their way around the Bay Area and, uh, and hopefully around the world. I put the question out last week about, you know, whether people have been seeing X's or not. Well, I'm going to take a call about that later in the Ride the Lightning Hotline section. But nevertheless, uh, congratulations to Tesla, Elon Musk, the team, the Model X team, on the first birthday of the Model X. In a related story, Tesla has settled their lawsuit with a company called uh, Herbiger. I'm trying to pronounce that correctly. It's a German, uh, seems like a German word. They're a Swiss company who uh, was contracted to do the Falcon wing door mechanism originally with Model X. And as you may recall, that didn't go well in the early going. And the, of course the car was delayed. Uh, Tesla ended up engineering an in-house solution, and they, in fact, uh, earlier this year, sued Herbiger, uh, and that, settled, that suit now is being settled. Terms were not announced, but apparently they'll be announced next week, so if it's relevant, I'll cover it. If it's not a big deal, I might skip it, but my guess, based on seeing the fact that Tesla initiated the suit and then Herbiger settled, uh, I'm no lawyer, but... I would think that Tesla that it looked that the Tesla was probably going to win that case and Harbiger decided that rather than lose an expensive and potentially reputation damaging court case they probably decided to settle my guess is to if if so to better protect their future business opportunities with other companies you know I talked about it this very recently with Mobileye how Mobileye has uh, has acted like like a three year old, like a like a child, in their in their uh, breakup with Tesla, and how if I were another automotive company, particularly one already doing business or certainly considering doing business with Mobileye, I would think twice after how how uh, Mobileye conducted themselves in the wake of the breakup with Tesla. So Herbiger uh, settling, and uh, that's probably I'm guessing to protect future business opportunities. Next up this week, uh, Elon Musk very indirectly, kind of uh, almost, I don't, don't want to say passive aggressively, but just sort of very, very subtly putting it out there that uh, things are looking good for Tesla to have their best quarter ever. That is Q3, the one that has just ended. Now we should actually get some preliminary numbers and report on that next week. In fact, uh, if, if in fact Tesla had its best quarter ever, you can probably expect Tesla and or Elon to put out a tweet or some little announcement about that. Uh, and you know, because if, if it's good news, you can, you can 
bet your bottom dollar that Tesla is going to shout it from the mountaintops, particularly when you think back to Elon's letter to the, to the entire company saying, hey, he really wanted to, I forget the exact term, something like uh, throw a pie in the face of, of all the Tesla naysayers by, uh, by having a, a profitable Q3. Because of course, remember, Tesla hasn't been profitable for a few years now. Uh, and even that profitability was somewhat short-lived. But Elon had said in that, in that company-wide letter that Q3 is their, really their only chance to be profitable until the Model 3 launches because of the CapEx requirements for the Model 3. Like it, after this quarter, the, they're gonna have to be spending a whole lot of money to actually build the Model 3. So this, this mention this week on Twitter of things looking really good for Tesla to have their best quarter ever came in a tweet replying to someone who was pointing out a Reddit thread where a customer was having a bit of a weird time trying to get his car delivered. Essentially, uh, Tesla, he claims that Tesla was trying to get him to pay for his car, which was a 90D, presumably so that Tesla could count it for this all-important Q3 push, even though his 90D wasn't ready, and Tesla was trying to get him to take a loaner 70, a Model S 70, uh, you know, obviously a lower spec car, until his car was ready, so there, this was a, a, became a Reddit thread, and Elon, uh, you know, someone tweeted at him, and Elon did pay attention to it, and replied, "Am tracking this down. Super important to be fair. There are zero discounts, even for family and friends, uh, because the the post also got into, you know, the guy said he got a good deal on it, and um, and uh, you know, a few other people on the TMC forums have been reporting." that there have been maybe some discounts and some deals to be had out there. And so Elon kind of sending out another company-wide email, and he, again, took a screenshot of it and posted it to his own Twitter, saying, corrective action taken seems to... Actually, well, this is his tweet again, pardon me. Uh, another follow-up tweet saying, corrective action taken seems to be limited to a small number of cases, but thanks for letting me know. And so now, from the letter that he posted a copy of on Twitter to everyone in the company saying, he said, uh, here's some excerpts. This is likely to be the best ever in Tesla history. He's referring to best quarter ever. Another part of that email says, it is absolutely vital that we adhere to the no negotiation and no discount policy that has been true since we first started taking orders 10 years ago. This is fundamental to our integrity and we maintained this policy even through the terrible depths of the Great Recession of 2008-2009. Of course, those were the Tesla Roadster days. That was when the Roadster launched, was 2008. Later in that same email, he says, It is fine to have a discount on cars that have been floor models, were used in test drives, or were damaged before delivery. All we are doing there is assigning an accurate price to the vehicle. However, there can never, and I mean never, be a discount on a new car coming out of the factory in pristine condition where there is no underlying rationale. This is why I always pay full price when I buy a car, and the same applies to my family, friends, and celebrities, no matter how famous or influential. And he later says, customers need to know with absolute certainty that they can always trust Tesla to do the right thing. Because obviously you can see there how he needs to put a stop to that because it could, uh, 
it could really open a can of worms. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a dangerous situation to get. And in fact, uh, Jeff from Fargo called in about this, and he has some comments on it. So, Jeff, I'm going to turn the floor over to you. Hi, Ryan. This is Jeff from Fargo, a longtime listener to the podcast. Love it. Uh, I just wanted your comment on something. I saw this week Elon Musk sent out another letter to his employees, uh, basically admonishing them for giving discounts on the cars. But, you know, when I thought back about the first letter, it seemed like he told them to do whatever they possibly could to, quote, build and deliver every car we possibly can, end quote. Um, he didn't say anything about discounts, so I don't necessarily think it would be unreasonable for the employees to consider discounts to try to move more product. Um, so I didn't really think that initially it sounded like a very fair thing for him to do, saying that there needs to be zero tolerance for this uh, when he didn't specifically mention it in the letter. And I don't know what happened behind the scenes with the managers and that sort of thing, but I uh, just wanted your thoughts on it. Keep up the good work on the podcast. Thanks. Fair point, Jeff. A totally, totally fair point. Now, I know that sometimes, speaking from my own life example here, I know that sometimes I say something to my wife that has nothing but good intentions behind it, but she takes it another way that's not so great. And it, I mean, it's an innocent mistake on my part because I hadn't even considered the way she was taking it, but then when she says it, I could totally see how she'd have taken it that way. I suspect that might be what happened to Elon here. That, or he was slyly looking the other way with that first letter saying, hey, do what you gotta do to get, you know, get this Q3 to be as big as possible. And now that Q3 is over, he wants to put an absolute stop to it before word gets out and customers start getting trained to wait until the end of quarters to buy cars because you don't wanna train your customers to not buy things when you're trying to sell to sell anything, especially a car. So uh, yeah, I, I suspect that uh, you know Elon just just being firm there. Whether whether he you know meant it originally the way he meant it uh, you know a few weeks ago with the with the company wide email or not. But uh, good call from Jeff there. Our next story is. An interesting one. It's not one I thought I would ever do on this show. I know I say that from time to time. Is the world of Tesla is never boring. How many car companies can uh, can claim that they're that people go out of their way to turn their cars into hearses? Well, <laughs> Tesla is now on that list. A Tesla hearse concept was shown off by a funeral transport company out of the Netherlands called Vander der Lans and Buscher BV. That's the name of the company. And the concept car will be built by a company called Remitz Car. Now they say that they, in order to build it, they removed the battery pack from the Model S, chopped the car in half, then extended it by about two and a half feet. It's 31.5 inches. The roof line was raised, and the back half of the car was replaced entirely with an all-glass greenhouse to, uh, to carry the coffin. Apparently, the car is on display right now at the Funeral Exhibition 2016 in, a, uh, in 
Gorinchem, I'm probably pronouncing that very, very wrong, in the Netherlands. First of all, who would have known that there was a funeral exhibition? I guess there's a convention for everything now. There's a convention for literally everything. There's like, I see billboards in San Francisco for HempCon. Uh, for, for, for like 420Con, I think is a thing. There's, you know, there's, uh, there's all sorts of, of cons for anything. And so apparently there is a, there is in fact a funeral con. Funeral Exhibition 2016, which has a nice formal name to it. Um, I wonder, yeah, I, it's, I mean, I guess I shouldn't joke. I mean, death, death is, uh, not a particularly funny topic, but I guess, you know, it's an industry, you know, whether there's embalming or transporting the, the coffins to the cemetery or, or what have you, but I tell you, I suppose, I suppose this is neat that someone has taken a Model S and made a hearse out of it, but I would have to think that you'd, you'd be pay whatever the, you know, this company, that you'd be paying extra for the privilege of having your body transported in its coffin in a in an all electric vehicle in a Tesla in this case in a in a custom Tesla I I personally hope my family doesn't spend the extra money on me to get me a Tesla hearse I would rather they do something nice for themselves because I'm dead I won't I probably won't know the difference I mean maybe I will I don't know I guess nobody actually knows but I for for sure my family is alive who is who is uh, having my my body transported to the cemetery? So I would rather they spend the money, the extra money it would take to get a Tesla hearse, and do something nice for themselves. But you know, everybody has their wishes of how they would how they would like their their uh, arrangements to be handled once they pass away. So to each their own. I I judge no one in this case. But yeah, I think as big of a Tesla fan that even I am. I don't, I'm not going to worry about having my corpse moved with a hearse, with a, with a, with a Tesla hearse, but anyway, uh, speaking of moving, the P100D is pretty good at doing that very, very quickly, as uh, you've already learned. We've covered this already on the show. Uh, the P100Ds are starting to get out into the wild. I haven't heard any reports of the Model X P100D sneaking out there yet, but I'm sure it probably has. I've been I've been lurking around the Tesla Motors Club forums, looking for someone to uh, to post some impressions of the of the three tenths quicker Model X, as I mentioned at the top of the show. Haven't seen that yet, but the S's, the S's are out there. Of course, I played a clip from the Drag Times video a week or two ago, and uh, there's a, there's another one that's out there that is being taken to the track. Courtesy of YouTube channel Tesla Racing Channel, took it uh, took it out to the track. We, by the way, I've played a clip from the Tesla Racing Channel before. Who uh, they had previously, I, I played a clip of them. It's a really young guy. If you watch the video, he he looks like he can't be more than like 22. He's a young kid. I don't know if it's his car or family car or or what his situation is, but he he clearly is a very much a track enthusiast, and he seems to love Tesla. Uh, but he took a P100D out to the track. And, uh, and ran it, and he managed he, a bunch of 10.8-second 10, 10 runs and even squeezed in a 10.79 run, which, if you're familiar with, uh, with track 
terminology and sort of a, you know, a benchmarks for a car performance, there, there are many. One of them is certainly zero to 60 time, and that's the one that Tesla really hangs their hat on. But now Tesla can hang their hat on another sort of well-known and established automotive performance benchmark, and that's quarter mile time. Cars that, uh, the, the exclusive club is the, the club you want to get into is the 10 second club which means anything under 10.999 seconds, basically under 11 seconds. If you're 10 point something or less, you're in the 10 second club. So that's, that's going a quarter mile in 10, you know, within 11 seconds, basically. And the Model S is, a, is officially now a 10 second car. Tesla Racing Channel, I wish I knew the gentleman's name, although I would, I would mention his name, but the, uh, the person you're about to hear on the Tesla Racing Channel, the gentleman, ran a 10.79 and a bunch of 10.8s. I uh, wanted to play a clip for you here of him taking that Tesla to the track and, uh, and making it happen. So take a listen to this real quick. That could have easily been our fastest pass right there. So this is the Hail Mary right now. If we don't get it, we're probably going home for the rest of the night. Oh, Tom Cruise, baby Jesus, let me see a 10.7. Let's hear it. Uh, nah, you can show it. They showed it, it's all good now. Thank you though. Oh, it is 10.7. 10.79. <laughs> I guess we're going to call it a night. We've been out here trying to get the fastest pass possible all day. day. Having a lot of problems, but a 10.79, still a 10.7 at 124.2. So the car's definitely got some more mile an hour than our old 90. We should easily be able to do a 10.70 on a good prep track. I mean, we're cutting a 1.59 60 foot, which We've easily cut 1.5 360-foots, and that 700s right there matters a lot on the big end. So we'll be back at another quarter-mile track. We're going to get some more fast passes, do what we can do to make this thing as fast as possible. So there you go, 10.79 seconds in the quarter-mile, the P100D Ludicrous uh, being very, very impressive at the track. And you, you heard him talking there. Uh, the, the track was a bit wet, so he was saying on better conditions, he thinks he can he can get the car even quicker, which which would be mighty impressive. By the way, that's now, that, that time, that's better than the GTR Viper 2016 Corvette Z06 uh, and a whole bunch of other ones. So just really, really impressive for a car that seats five adults. Every other car on the list. In fact, I think, I'd have to take a closer look at it again, but when I took an initial look at, at the list of you know, cars that the, uh, the Model S beats, it's the, only, it's the only other one other than the GTR. The GTR has a back seat. I don't even think any of the rest of them have a back seat. So there it is, ludicrous mode in action on the P100D. Finally this week, I wanted to mention an interesting little story I saw on Electrek. A so-called Tesla analyst claims that one-third of current Model S orders are coming from Model 3 reservation holders, with a lot of them taking Tesla up on that two-year lease that we talked about a month or two back. This is Pacific Crest analyst, Bra uh, pardon me, Brad Erickson, who, who specifically covers Tesla for his firm. He says, quote, While we think Tesla is tracking to the low end of its previously stated delivery target of 80 to 90,000 for 2016, it is using various discounting mechanisms to do so, which is cause for worry. First, we found continued traction of the $9,000 cheaper 60 kilowatt Model S versus the 75 kilowatt hour option, which is dilutive to gross margin by an estimated 1,000 basis points. Second, 
We think that as many as a third of the current Model S orders are coming from Model 3 reservation holders opting for the newly created two-year and less expensive lease. Finally, we found that Tesla has been employing a deeper discounting formula to drive sales of inventory models, with all offers expiring this Friday, the last day of the quarter he's referring to, September 30th. Now, uh, I want to be clear here. I, I actually don't detect any decidedly pro or anti-Tesla slant with, uh, with Brad's analysis, but it's just odd to me because Mr. Erickson really doesn't have any data to back up his thought. I mean, he's just kind of, he's saying he thinks that, and he's saying for the delivery estimate that he's saying, his estimate that, oh, we think they're going to come in on the, the low end of the uh, 80 to 90,000 delivery target. He's saying he, he spoke with 20 managers at, you know, at different stores and sort of took a, a small sample size survey with them, which, okay, that's, that's one you know, way to, to get data. But just to say that he thinks a third of orders are coming from Model 3 reservation orders, that just seems, that just seems like, you know, there's, it just seems odd that, like, I feel like I could say that and it would be, it would practically be just as effective. In fact, I love the little mic drop at the end of the Electrek article on this by Fred Lambert, who, uh, you know, I cite every week here on this podcast. He does a phenomenal job with Electrek. He says, just with no judge, just, just sort of drops this in. Brad Erickson is ranked number 3,747 out of 4,185 analysts on tip ranks with a 48% success rate and an average return of negative 7.1%. In other words, Brad Erickson is probably no more qualified to call himself a Tesla stock analyst than I am. On a related note, I'm definitely not someone who knows anything about stocks. So with that caveat, uh, I have to say, it does amaze me. This just, you know, I, I just watched the Tesla stock. It does amaze me how Brad Erickson aside and anybody else aside, it amazes me how Tesla's stock will go up or down in a given day based on what any one of these analysts says. I mean, I see it all the time in the, in the, uh, you know, the iPhone's stocks app and there'll be, you know, Tesla stock up on, you know, analyst new, you know, increased uh, analyst forecast or Tesla stock, you know, plummets on, on uh, analyst lowering expectations. It's like these guys, I mean, they're, they're not, it's, it's all just voodoo to me. I, I, I mean, I'm sure, I don't mean to belittle anyone's profession at all in any way, shape or form, but it just, it's just, it seems odd to me as a layperson that a stock could go up or down, could be that volatile based on, again, one, one, it's like if it's a Morgan Stanley guy, if it's a, you know, I don't know, this one or that one, one guy who, whose job it is to, you know, predict what stocks are going to do is, uh, and, and it says something good or bad. And the, the entire, the whole, the whole Wall Street, all of Wall Street, just, you know, the stock will react to it. It's, 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 it's seen, it's wild to me. I mean, it's, again, it's like magic to me. It's like voodoo science, but anyway, uh, that is the Tesla news for this week. I'm going to come right back. Got a few good Ride the Lightning phone calls for you in the hotline right after this.
Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline. It's the portion of the show where we hear from you, the fantastic audience, with your questions, comments, discussion topics. And if you want to participate, I invite you to. It's there. It's a toll-free number you can call and leave a message on anytime, day or night. That number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA, if that helps you remember it a little bit more easily. You can also Skype it, too, if, uh, if you'd prefer, or if you're, maybe if you're not in the U.S., and if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, a reminder that you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. First up is John from New Orleans replying to my call out last week, wondering how many people ordered a Model 3 without ever seeing a Tesla. And then I think he's got one other question for me as well. So John, take it away. Hey, Ryan, this is John from New Orleans again, a uh, long-time listener since episode one. Um, I just had two things I wanted to comment about. I just finished listening to episode 60, and you had asked about um, you know, a thought experiment of how many people have actually seen a Model S or an X before. Um, I will say that um, when I made my first call to you around episode 20, uh, I had actually never seen a Model S in New Orleans in America, obviously. Um, I had seen one in Switzerland uh, last year, but and then that week that I called you, I saw a uh, white Model S parked outside of my apartment. That was the first one I'd ever seen in the country. So that was kind of cool. Um, I still have never seen a Model X ever in uh, anywhere, um, definitely not in Louisiana. Um, and I'll say that we actually just got our first supercharger in Slidell, which is a suburb of New Orleans, uh, earlier this year. And there are no service centers in Louisiana. I believe the closest one is Houston, about five hours away. And that might have something to do with the you know, big oil industry down here in Louisiana and Texas as well. Um, so, yeah, I've never seen a Model X before, but I hope to see one soon. Um, second point, you had mentioned um, that your wife had uh, rented you a Model S uh, for a drive for an afternoon in the future. And I was wondering if you had any info on uh, how she did that. Um, my fiance and I are taking a trip up to upstate New York and we're going to drive around the state and up into Canada. And I was about renting a Model S for that just to get that experience and didn't know if you had uh, any knowledge of where to do that. Um, I did some quick Googling and found um, a few places more out in California, um, but not any in that New York area. So I didn't know if you had any insight on how to actually go about renting a Model S. Um, thank you for your content. I love the podcast and keep up the great work. Thank you. Bye. Man, glad you have finally spotted yourself a Model S, John. Uh, and by the way, I, I'm surprised. I'm, I actually am legitimately surprised that there are no service centers in Louisiana. I mean, I would, I would think New Orleans there would be one. Uh, that, that does surprise me. I, I suspect, I would have to guess that that's high on Tesla's list of, of upcoming locations. But as to the rental question, by the way, uh, because a couple of other people asked me this as well, so I, I figure I'd, now's a good time to let you and everybody know at the same time. For uh, yeah, I, I mentioned my wife rented me the Model S for an afternoon for four hours for, uh, we're going to do it, in, I guess, in a week or two from now and just, just go for a drive. Just She's going to kind of give me that, that lovely gift of being able to just live that Tesla dream for, for just a few hours. 
which is which is incredibly sweet of her. I'm, I, I love that gift. And the site that she used, I don't you know, this is I don't have any affiliation with them or, or or anything. They're not paying me or anything like that. But just it's the only one I know of. So the one we used is it's called getaround.com. The literally get around getaround.com, uh, which is the same one actually that she used for me when she rented me the Roadster for the day back in, I think it was about five years ago. And I did take a look uh, for you, John, and unfortunately, Get Around is only in the Bay Area, Chicago, Portland, Oregon, and Washington, D.C. So they're just in those markets right now. Uh, so I'm not sure if there might be something in your area. Um, I suppose you could try Google Googling rent a Tesla New Orleans and see what happens, but but yeah, get around is what is what we had used, and uh, they are just in those small handful of markets. Next up is Paul from Texas. We've heard from him before. He wanted to comment on Tesla suing Michigan. He's got sort of a personal anecdote to relate to uh, to the sort of the not want to say uselessness of dealers, but the let's say the challenge of the dealership model. So Paul, take it away. Hey, Ryan, this is Paul from Texas. Uh, I had a comment about your story from this past week about Tesla suing Michigan for the right to sell their own cars by a manufacturer. And I ran into something that I had never uh, run into before when purchasing the last vehicle for my wife. Uh, We wanted to get a GMC Yukon, and I wanted to kind of deck it out for her because I felt like She's been kind of compromising on vehicles for years and years. I wanted her to get something that was really loaded out. But we didn't want it fully loaded because there were things that we didn't care about, we didn't want, like rear seat entertainment, way overly priced. So uh, we went to a local dealer where my cousin happens to work there as a salesman, so we get the family discount. And I said, well, I want to put in this order. And he steered me towards inventory vehicles. And I was like, but I don't want this. And I don't want this. And I do want this. And none of the inventory has it. So I'd like to place this order. And he said, okay, no problem. I'll place the order. And we'll see if we have availability or something. I can't remember the exact word that he used. I, I don't think it was availability. Well, I said, well, what is availability? He told me, uh, no, allocation, that was it. He told me that if the dealership does not have allocation, he could put in an order for the vehicle I wanted, and the manufacturer would refuse it because they did not have allocation for that particular model or that particular line, or I don't know what the rules are. And I thought to myself, So I walk in there with cash falling out of my pockets, order a vehicle, and if the manufacturer says so, they can refuse to build it for me. And I thought, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard of. I don't know if that's a franchise dealer law thing or if that's just the way the manufacturers work, but I was blown away that I could walk into a dealership with with cash in hand and not be able to get a vehicle that I wanted. So let's talk about that in comparison with the way Tesla does business and the fact that here in Texas, 
I cannot buy a Tesla. I can't even test drive a Tesla. I have to make an appointment with Tesla in California, make an appointment to drive a car. It is not a test drive because here in Texas, that's illegal and ridiculous. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Well, Paul, I have no idea why the manufacturer would refuse an order because I could see a dealer refusing to file an order for you because they want to steer customers towards the cars that are already on their lot that they've already paid for. But what? But the scenario you outlined just makes, makes no sense to me. Uh, I only personally have one experience buying a car from a dealer because my first car, which was a, what, 87 Nissan Pathfinder, was a hand-me-down from my grandfather. Like, he gave me a big family discount on that when he, when he got a new car. And then I bought the DeLorean, got rid of the Pathfinder, which was, of course, a private private deal there. That's because, of course, there were no DeLorean dealers, uh, not for many years at that point. And then uh, the so far one and only new car I've ever bought is my Infiniti, uh, which is, uh, you know, ten and a half years ago. And with that, it's funny, I actually specifically wanted to order my car because I wanted it built at the factory to my exact specifications and then be shipped to me without anybody else test driving it or touching it. Which, when I think back on that now, it's like, oh, looks like I was I was a fan of the Tesla model back then. <laughs> it's just like, build me a car from the manufacturer and send it straight to me. Um, and I have to say that when I went into Infinity to do that, they were absolutely fine. They, they did not bat an eyelash about it. They did it for me, no problem. They put in the order. Uh, they, they tell, the orders go in, like, I think once a month at the beginning of the month, and they, they order the cars that they want from, from the manufacturer, and then they're uh, built and trucked out. But as it pertains to Tesla, again, this is why, in time, I believe... Tesla will win out with their model because customers want to buy straight from them and the free market economy in this country will eventually give the people what they want because that's what that's one of the principles that our society is built on. It's capitalism, it's free market. So yes, there are there's politics and there are other forces in play there, but I think in time, this is a battle. This is a war that Tesla is going to win one battle at a time. And we've been seeing Tesla starting to win those battles. You know, Michigan is still certainly a big battleground, but uh, over the last few years and counting, you know, they've, they've been chipping away state by state. Finally this week, I wanted to go to Thomas, who's about to order a Model X and has a couple of questions that he's hoping that I might be able to help out with, and hopefully I can. Thomas, go ahead. Hello, Ryan. Thomas here in an Empire. A um, couple of questions. Uh, we're about to uh, order the X finally this week, and I have still some questions about this. Um, <clears throat> I can't seem to get anywhere with uh, Tesla themselves, but you know maybe you can help out here. First of all, we will be doing some trailering with the Model X, and for that, I would like to know if you're trailering and drive up to a supercharger, do you actually have to unhook every time? Or is there a way that you can, you know, swing in? Or are they thinking of uh, building bigger bays where you can actually pull through or something? Has that ever come up as one of the questions? Second question is we do own 
a larger motorhome, and so far we have always towed our vehicles four down behind it, which is, you know, a lot of people know, uh, some people might not know, the four down uh, dinghy tow situation, but basically what it is is you have all four wheels down on the ground and you tow your dinghy, it's called, with a um, tow bar. Now, I asked Tesla and or dealerships that before, and nobody seems to be an, uh, answering this correctly, why it wouldn't be possible to tow a Model X four down behind the motorhome. Now, you are able to put it in neutral, so why wouldn't you? Um, second, this might be a future idea, is if you would be able to tow this car four down, wouldn't there be something possible to be done that you actually charge it while you're driving it down the road? I mean, you're turning all four wheels, so, you know, sort of a dynamo. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not an electrician or an engineer. But uh, those are things that I would like to have answered. Maybe it actually even opens up a discussion about this whole thing. And, uh, um, again, tweeting Elon, you know, seems to be <laughs> very uh, magical if he would ever answer. So, um, but those are my two questions, and uh, obviously very excited to uh, order the X. It's been a long time. Uh, wanted to do so for the last three years. And, uh, yeah, love your show. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thomas, first of all, congratulations on your imminent purchase. And I might as well throw the plug in. Use the referral code from this show if you don't already have one from a friend or family member. Uh, get yourself $1,000 off your X. It's, uh, the, the browser URL is ts.la slash Kevin4901, or just give the Kevin4901 to your sales advisor if you're already talking to somebody. But I think I can help. I did a little research on this, and I think I can help you on your first question, and then I think... I'm not 100% on the second one, but I, I did a little digging, and I, I don't think the news is good, unfortunately. So uh, with regards to supercharging, unfortunately, the way most superchargers are set up, they're back-in spaces. So I, un I do think you're going to have to unhook in a lot of scenarios unless there are enough empty bays free, enough empty stalls free, that you can pull in parallel and you know so you're blocking other supercharging stalls but if there's nobody there you know you could do that without having to go through the inconvenience of unhooking now obviously if that's what comes to pass you should be ready to move uh, if somebody else comes by and needs the supercharger because of course it's important to practice good supercharger etiquette both you know for your other tesla owners you know, we're, it's all, we're all in the same community, whether we're owners or not just yet. And it's just good, you know, human decency behavior is to not block somebody else from getting to a charger they need. So, uh, now, from what I could find out about the four-down towing question, your second question, the bad news is it seems to be a no, because the gearbox and motor are always engaged in a Tesla. So you, 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 you just can't do it. There's, there's really no neutral. There's uh, a tow mode, but I, I don't know if you could actually uh, trailer the car that way for, you know, for getting the car up onto a, a, a flatbed. You can't, I did, you, so apparently you can't four down tow a Roadster or an S, which also doesn't bode well for the X. Now, again, this is just what I can find. There was a, a thread on this that I was able to dig up. But 
I would advise escalating the question with your sales advisor. I, you know, I, I would suggest politely but firmly making it clear that, hey, you're ready to order, but you need clarification on this issue that's important to you. And I, I'll bet you that they'll be able to you know, get the, move the question up the chain if necessary and get you the answer you need. Uh, so that's it for the Ride the Lightning hotline this week. Plus, we snuck in that, that call from Jeff earlier in the show. Again, would love your calls. I absolutely love this section of the show. I think it's great that we hear from so many people around the world, uh, Model S owners, Model X owners, Model 3 reservation holders, fans. I mean, it's, it's just great. I love it. So give a call anytime. Again, it's, you're just leaving a message toll-free, 1-888-989-8752. And I'll be right back for you with a few final notes, and we'll wrap things up right after this. I want to start by thanking the Patreon producers, the kind folks who pledge $20 or more per month in support of my efforts on the podcast here. Those folks are Jeff Bartram, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, ZL Klein, David Brander, Nick Hoffman, Ralph Weiss, Jonathan Wales, and John Waltauer. Uh, and a reminder that the a $10 uh, or more a month pledge will get you access to the bonus episodes. Those are all the additional excellent Ride the Lightning hotline calls that I don't have time to get to and discuss on the regular weekly show. Those go up once a month, and in fact, I'm about to record uh, the one for October. So look, that'll be posting this weekend as well. So uh, if, you're, if you're, again, if you enjoy the podcast, you like it week after week, take a look. All I can ask is just uh, take a look at the Patreon page. Maybe, maybe uh, you'll find a pledge level that... Uh, that feels good and you'll want to you uh, pledge a little bit, the site is patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Uh, subscribe to Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter. It is a fantastic resource. Again, every Friday morning, I guess maybe around lunchtime, uh, East Coast time, but uh, Dave delivers that roundup of the week's Tesla news to you in your email. Teslaweekly.com is the site to go to to sign up for that, uh, teslarati.com. I very much enjoy the work of Gene and everybody there. They do a great job staying on top of everything happening in the world of Tesla. You can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. Uh, oh, the referral program. Yes, that is still running. You've still got a chance to get $1,000 off of your Tesla. That's running for two more weeks. So if you're going to buy a Tesla, use this code to get $1,000 off of your order. Again, put this into your browser, ts.la slash Kevin4901. And let's see, I think that's everything. Ah, abstractocean.com. I want to mention them as well because they are kind enough. They've been seeing uh, a people from this show putting in some orders. So I guess people are, people are checking it out and they're uh, getting the word out. So as a, as a way to help fuel that more... They have offered up a coupon code that people listening to this podcast can use to get 20% off of your order. Again, they've got some Tesla accessories like LED lighting kits for the inside and outside of the car, uh, meaning like the license plate frame on the outside and the interior lighting inside the car. I'm not talking about anything like ground effects or anything crazy like that, but then they've got uh, silicone key fob pockets 
and let cool lanyards, Tesla lanyards. So abstractocean.com. Use the coupon code RTL Podcast, which of course stands for Ride the Lighting. RTL Podcast. Put that in at checkout to get 20% off of your order. That is everything. Uh, most of you probably already subscribe to the show, but if you don't already, it's uh, it's easy to do so on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or the websites are just the RSS feed, which you can find at teslapodcast.libsyn.com. Libsyn is L-I-B-S-Y-N. That'll do it. On a, uh, on a sunny Saturday, I got to get ready to go to a friend's wedding, in fact. So I'm going to go do that. Uh, I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. I, I really just am, am uh, humbled by your support. Uh, I, you know, man, it's been gosh, 61 episodes already. Uh, it, episode one feels like a century ago, and yet it really wasn't that long ago in the grand scheme of things. But I'm just grateful for for anybody and anybody listening to this this podcast. One man's insane obsession with Tesla filtered through to your ears. In, uh, in podcast form. So uh, I'll see everybody again next week. Happy electric motoring.